Mac football pod. Caleb. No, Justin, but Caleb. Underdog, underdog, yeah, that. Underdog, 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 yeah, that's me. How's that for an intro? Feeling very important. It's all about the underdogs, man. And I saw it firsthand. It is all about the underdogs. Oh, God. I don't know if I like this league right now. I just don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm too close to home for this. But I don't really like the way that this league has been going. When the when the East is like definitely like the fun conference and like definitely not good at it at the same time. And when like Toledo's so good to the point where I can't really appreciate it as much as I really, really, truly want to. It's just, I don't know. Maybe it's a me thing. But I just don't like the way that this league has been going this year because... I want some chalk. This league would be better if there was like some chalk involved this year, but there's just not. There never will be. Actually, with Toledo, there's some chalk, but I digress. You know, we get, if we're getting used to Toledo just taking care of business every week, then we should know what's coming with Toledo, right? Should we? I mean, I mean yeah, they, they should still fall apart at some point. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to like they, keep doing I don't want to do that because like right now they're good like they, they we've crossed the halfway point of the season like this is when it should have happened already if like the letdown was going to happen if there's going to be obvious signs of the letdown happening we'd have something to point to like if they were like hiccuping on special teams or anything like that like you know Toledo isn't the most prolific efficient offense in the world but it is putting up points and even though it like finds itself in hard situations, it dug itself the hell out of it to make you ever forget that it was down twenty-one nothing in the first place. I mean, look, through through three MAC games, thirty-eight points, fifty-two points in consecutive games. They play Buffalo this week, and Buffalo, I guess you can say, is the surprise team because it's like we thought, hey, maybe they'll step it up and take that next step this year under Lindquist, but. Um, with that said, this could be the game. This might be a Mac East or a Mac Championship game preview, and it sure as hell feels like Toledo's more prepared to to win this type of game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Got a lot to say about uh, DeQuan Finn, but if you wouldn't mind, Caleb, let's just run down the scores really quickly. That way, we can just like have them all on record, and then we can just kind of like have our bar conversations from there. Bar conversations. Okay. Well, how about we start where Alex doesn't want to start? We'll go with NIU EMU. I'm, gonna, so I'm e- just going to like plug my ears and say la 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 all over yeah. the time. Northern, absolutely. Just, you know, EMU, right? Right? 39-10. Do we, do we want to go and say a little bit about each or just we want to roll through the scores? Just, just roll through them. Okay. Well, okay. So, 29-point victory for NIU. Central Michigan 28, Akron 21. That was ugly in the beginning. Uh, Bowling Green 17, Miami 13, Buffalo 34, UMass 7. Ball State comes back in the second half, 25 to 21 over UConn. Toledo also comes back, 52 31. So 21 point conceded advantage at the beginning. Uh, Ohio 33, Western Michigan 14. Where do we start? Well, you want to you want to just like kill my spirit right away with Eastern. So let's just 
Let's do it. Let's just let's rip this mandate off and then we can do all the fun stuff later. Which I don't know if any of this is fun because like you just said, like the bowling green Miami game, that's stupid. Like <laughs> that was a dumb game. Central over Akron, no 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 respect given there. But sure, let's just go with Eastern because that was absolutely terrible. I know I watched it live, but how much of it were you able to watch? Or how much of it did you choose to watch when Eastern was wearing gray pants on gray turf? Well, I think it's I think it's amusing that you say uh, rip the Band-Aid off on that game. It's more like we've got to cauterize uh, Alex's wounds. Um, just a very, very hot scolding iron and just apply it very liberally to his uh, to his bleeding body parts, right? Bleeding but, heart, baby. Baby, is this love for real? I still don't know what you said the first thing. <laughs> Let me in your arms to feel. Oh, you don't know that song. You're not into music like I am, to Caleb. Oh, uh, but oh yeah. No, yeah. It's, it was, no, it was a terrible game from start to finish. Like, at no point, there was no, like, oh, man, if this wouldn't have gone this way, oh, if only this would have gone that way. No, like, everything. Like, offense was bad. Defense couldn't tackle. Special teams wasn't there. And the farther you get away from it, like, there was an attempt for a 57-yard field goal, which would have been a school record. And that sounds stupid, and it probably is, because, one, he missed it. The kid was short, Jesus Gomez was. Uh, But I've seen Jesus Gomez and anybody that went to the stupid spring game uh, in the pouring rain, which is the one that Mike Haney got injured in for the year. um, He made a 55-yard field goal in the horrible conditions so like to think that he would have made a 57 yarder yeah it's not totally out of the question i'm not you know not gonna go there but the farther you get away from it and know that that field goal attempt happened it just seems like way more desperate that that was eastern's best opportunity of getting to a 13th point was just that lame duck field goal uh niu had half of a quarterback we're six minutes in, and this is the first time that we're talking about Justin Lynch, the the quarterback who actually made his first career NIU start. He started two games at Temple as a true freshman, uh, transferred over to NIU, legacy quarterback, made his first career start, and you wouldn't know it. He only threw one pass. It was complete for eight yards. Uh, ran the ball a couple times, but most of the time he would come in and he would just like split out wide and let... Ontario Brown or one of the other running backs take a direct snap and maybe they would go untouched for a 76 yard or a 76 yard or 46 yard rather uh, touchdown like you know and like when people ask me like are you do you think Easton's gonna win or you you know what are you what are you nervous about I wasn't nervous about NIU like ripping off like huge runs as much as I was NIU ripping off eight yard runs just eight yard runs eight yard runs eight yard runs and that's exactly what happened that's just exactly what it was because Eastern had no answer in the trenches. And the whole game is won and lost in the in the trenches, and that's the, the score was indicative of that. So now Eastern has some very hard conversations that it has to have behind the scenes about what it wants to look like because you I don't care how many times you say, Oh, they were picked to win the West, because our predictions don't matter. We're just it's just pen and paper. And two, last year's hardware means nothing this year because you know, Rocky Lombardi is not the same. You know, Clint Rakovich isn't the same. The defense isn't the same. The Everything isn't the same. So you can't, there is no carryover like that. This was a very bad NIU team that ran over Eastern. Eastern, whose record is better than what the team actually is. 
for all of that, I'll give you the last point. EMU is not as good as their record says. But Eastern, okay, they, they'd kind of shown recently that they could run the ball here and there, and the fact that they averaged one yard a carry again against a, an, an NIU defense that is not good. Let's not like add, let's not add qualifiers, right? Like no, yeah, no, like I wanted NIU's defense to be good. It's shown me it wasn't. I backed off that train, and yes, you're right. Yeah, Eastern's offense, it, like with the five sacks that NIU's defense had on Taylor Powell, which made him lose 49 yards. Like if you take those out of the equation, Easton's running backs went like seventy like seventy something yards. Um, it was like it ended up being like three and a half for carry, but like still on the whole, it doesn't matter because you played sixty minutes of football. You only held the ball for ball for twenty minutes of that, but you played sixty minutes of football, and yeah, like at the end of the day, like the receipt says, you had one point one yards per carry. I mean, look at look at the guys that we've just come to be like, oh, these are good football players: Tanner New, Hassan Bedouin. Like, how are these guys not affecting the game at all? Like, combined between the two of them. Like, Drummond had, looks like he had a decent game. Uh, Jackson had a decent game. Uh, but Drummond just, only had one, like, pretty long catch and it set up a field goal. But other than that, like, he was targeted eight times and caught three passes. Like, okay. So not decent so much as. Yeah. And I, the, yeah, and I use coverage was good. NIU's coverage was good, and like it gave NIU's defensive line long enough to put on a pressure. But like, I mean, maybe NIU had a decent game plan this week, but I didn't watch it, so I don't see. I don't know how it was matched up. But good lord, these stats are these stats are ugly. And and Lombardi was kind of limping around out there. And Lynch, Justin Lynch is not the second coming of anybody that you might know or have heard of before. So, I mean, I or was coached by in high school. I mean, whatever, just he, they throw him out there and then they're like, don't throw the ball. Like, yeah. Which is crazy because like his two starts at his last school, when he was a true freshman, he was allowed to throw it all over the place. Right. Well, and there's I, a reason. I, I guess there was a reason Rod Carey got fired pretty quickly at Temple. So there is that. I don't but, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure what, Temple NIU better receivers than NIU does right now too. Yeah. NIU knows what they're about. Like, I'm not going to fault them for not wanting to throw the ball. Uh, Lombardi was out there limping around. I saw a little bit of gameplay, and it was just them giving the ball to Harrison Whaley, which, by the way, great game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Love run that. the ball 49 times. Yeah. And Lynch did run the ball for about 40 yards, too. When he's in there, he's at least decently effective. So, NIU Eight, is who like they are. like 90% decoy, though. He was like 90% decoy. That's fine. Yeah. NIU is who, NIU is who they are. They, I, I'm, look, I'm trying to look at the schedule here. So going forward, what's the path to them doing anything of any importance? For I mean, NIU, like they, the back half of their schedule is pretty favorable. Yeah. For for Eastern, like I pointed out on Ipsy11.com, if you uh, subscribe, that'd be great. Uh, they started, that was the start of the most important three-game stretch of the schedule because it was home to NIU, zombie NIU, NIU without really a quarterback. Um, then you go to Ball State. Who knows? But looks like Ball State knows how to actually win the game in the past in the last like ten minutes. As if you you know looking at the UConn and looking at the uh, NIU games, then you host Toledo, who is good. But you have to beat Toledo because you know that's that's the West. That's the West for you. That's the boss level right now. And you couldn't handle NIU at its worst state. And, and the thing and like it's it's that. 
plus losing to Buffalo the way that they did. You know, and Creighton, like, you know, he, he took responsibility and said, like, you know, I got out coach this week. I got out coach this week. You got out coach. You said that twice after home games in huge losses to Buffalo and Thomas Hammock. And both of them have been hired during your time at Eastern. And now Eastern looks many, many steps behind both of those programs. So what's next? Yeah, I feel like we're used to watching EMU play close games and lose anyway. And it's like, well, look, we'll give them a pass almost. They played well and just couldn't get the job done. Like, oh, that's not, that is, they're four and three, but that's not happening in Mac play this year. <laughs> no. They're getting hammered when they lose. They're, they are not prepared. Yeah, no, it's, it's really bad. It's, I like, it sucks because, like, the talent looks better. Like, these eyes, these eyes have seen a lot of Eastern football that, goes back a decade, right? I've seen the 2010, the 2012 teams that when, you know, 2011 when things were actually kind of halfway decent. Like, I've seen I, I've seen the talent that's come through Eastern Michigan and the records that they put up before. I don't think the, like, the record speaks to what Eastern really is right now, right? Like, I think Eastern's more of, like, you know, an actual, like, two-win team, all said. Uh, but the talent's definitely better than what I've seen before. And so it's not about you know just like bringing in more talent because eastern has more ability to do that and is in a better place to be more favorable to the talent that they kind of want to reach for um but of course let's check the receipts like what what does it all led to so what whatever strides eastern has made over these past nine years whatever noteworthiness you want to like give credit to it's led to this so it just hasn't been enough Good point to uh, move on to the other ugly game. Yes, please. We've already spent too long on this. Too long! <laughs> so, Lou Nichols didn't play for Central this week. No, injured. And, you know, it wasn't a good game, even if it was close. Don't get that idea. It was ugly. But, uh, fun play at the end. Watch uh, Thomas Incombe run back that fumble, right? Like, that was kind of fun. Yeah, no, that was good. That, like, reminded me of some, like, serious, like, late 90s Big Ten football shit right there. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what that looked like. Interestingly enough, like, without Nichols, they still ran the ball really well. Can I tell you yeah. something interesting about Lou Nichols and uh, other guys not named Lou Nichols running the football? Sure. So I'm looking at season averages, season averages. Lou Nichols was at three and a half yards per carry, right? When he's in the game, everybody key in on him, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else, Marion Luke, six and a half. Miles Bailey, five and a half. Jose Bauer, the quarterback, well, backup quarterback, 6.1. Uh, and now, yeah, now we're getting to like only like one Gary for these guys. But like everybody else is doing better. And like they're also, when they're getting subbed in, like it's not like the NFL, you know, offensive linemen that I keep, you know, saying that are missing from this roster. They're not coming back to block for those guys. So. I, I do wonder, like, what is the issue? I don't know if it's because, like, when other guys not named number seven come into the game, like, they just key off that and play more to the pass or what. But, like, I don't know. That's that's pretty glaring. And one more glaring thing, uh, because this, this game featured my favorite thing about both Central and Akron this year, is that both kickers combined for 0 for 3 in field goal attempts. That's Oof. gross. Ugh. But I do love like watching games and taking field goals out of the equation. Yeah, ugly game. I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know where like Central goes from here. I really don't like. 
even with the win, it still feels like a very bad loss at the same time because it just wasn't impressive. Like you only beat Akron by one, and it you still been... let up, let him score twenty one points. Yeah, it could have been worse too because Central fumbled the ball three times. They they lost one of them, and I like they were moving the ball. So I mean, Luke's had one hundred sixty rushing; he was their leading receiver too. And Richardson, just the I don't I don't even know how to describe what I feel about Richardson anymore because it's like okay, I feel like he's really going to step it up this year and be among the top of the the MAC receiver or quarterbacks, and not the best, but like he might step in firmly into the top like four or so and 13 to 21 138 yards versus Akron so I'm just going to stop talking about Daniel Richardson after this week mm-hmm. it's not worth it anymore and I do feel that Nichols every team has almost definitely it's not just that they key on him it's that they have an entire defensive game plan that's just like Here's number seven. We do not let him beat us. Yeah, we, we dare Daniel Richardson to throw past us. It's not necessarily like it has to be passed, but they might have they might have a strategy for how they how they approach the run game when it's not nickels in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a more nuanced in the sense of here's here's where we uh, our defensive linemen engage. Here's the here's how our backers fill. Um, Here's here's our blitz packages when Nichols in the game versus when he's not in the game. It might be anything like that, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you can't with your best player, if you can't de- uh, design ways to get him consistently moving the football, then in a bad year, like you're see me, you're fucked, man. You guys are fucked. Like you're, you might win two more games, maybe. Uh, Who's they got? They yeah. got <laughs> yeah. Let's play the schedule game. Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah. Home to Bowling Green at NIU, home to Buffalo. So you have two East games coming up. All right, that's good. Uh, then at Western, or home to Western at Eastern. I'll give them. I'll give them three at best, and it would be good for them if they won three. Yeah, it would. I don't know. I the Bowling Green thing is just like really screwing me up because I have not published my like my power rankings yet because it's going to be so stupid. Like let. Look at the Mac West. Look at the Mac West and tell me what I'm supposed to do with this. Like, really going forward is NIU 1 and 2, Eastern's 1 and 2, Central's 1 and 2, Western is 1 and 2. It might so, be easier to, to power rank the divisions and then try to figure it out after you do the division. Oh, I, I'm. Uh, so those four teams are going to be in like the bottom half of the power of the power rankings. But that means that I have Bowling Green in the top half. And Ohio in the top half, and I'm like, wait, what? Ohio at least makes some sense. It, yeah, they're they're playing up to it. Like the 33 points, that's pretty low for them, which is a good thing. Like a, like a note in positivity to them. Like I, I respect Ohio's offense because they played up to a level to where like I expect them to put up a lot of points, especially when Western's quarterback gives them the ball five times. Yeah, no, these the, the power rankings are going to be a complete mess. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, like Bowling Green, Miami, 17-13. I, I just want to jump there, like, really, really quick. Uh, oh Miami cannot play defense. 
or not, I'm sorry, Miami can play offense. some defense. They cannot play offense. They cannot play offense. They were not 100 yards passing, and they were not 100 yards rushing against Bowling Green. And it's not like Bowling Green is like 2017 NIU defense. I know Miami's on their second quarterback, but every year Miami recruits good offensive linemen and still struggles to run the ball. And that's that's a failure of play calling and offensive play design. Because you're getting decent players. They also every year, and this is not this is not a new topic for me, they decide to split the carries between like six different guys almost evenly. Mm-hmm. And that does not change. And it's not like there's a huge identity shift between those guys either. So, like, what are you switching to? Like, dudes don't and, – and this might be overrated, but nobody really gets in a groove for Miami. Sometimes with, with running backs, you want them to get a feel for the game. And as they get to, like, their 15th or 20th carry, they really, really are keyed in and they're, they're seeing their blocks well. They're, they're processing where the holes are going to be and where to – where to you know just where to hit the hole, where to accelerate and stuff. And sometimes yeah. guys' best carries of the game might be with tired legs, just because they're they're just in the groove of the game and they're seeing things well. And nobody for Miami ever runs the ball more than like twelve times. I think I personally think that's a failure of what Miami's been doing for years, and they've been able to win in in uh, in spite of it. But I think that fact in particular is a poor design, even if it's intentional. Like, we, we, this is who we want to be. This is how we want to uh, divide the carries. I think that's a failure of realizing how it doesn't work. I think, like, uh, this is going to sound a little weird, but I have to explain my way through it. Like, Miami's issues, like, going through its quarterbacks and, like, not realizing, like, what works on offense in terms of, like, you know, what play, like, what you what you're saying, like, what place to call and all that, but also it kind of goes into the, like all the other months that lead up to it, which is like, what players do we want on the roster to like even foster the playbooks that we can like design for them? Because we're going from, you know, Miami finally realized that with Brett Gabbert, we're going to be a passing offense. We're going to throw it more. We're going to throw it more. We're going to throw it more. That's going to be the key to win because we have pretty good receivers. We're going to make the most out of them and our running backs we're going to get away from giving them the ball all the time and have five of them split it up evenly. We're going to get away from that and we're going to just try to air it out more. But now without him, Avion has to run it more. So now Miami's like, okay, well let's revert back to running it more, but they don't have the offense to actually do that. They don't actually have the chess pieces to have the game plan that they want to do. So now remember how back when Toledo, when they went from having uh, Logan Woodside to Mitch Guadagni, they went from, you know, pocket passer to mobile quarterback, right? Pocket passer to mobile pass, you know, pocket to mobile, just like Miami's seeing right now. And the offense just was not clicking. The offense just wasn't getting it. And so now Miami's in a situation just like Toledo where like, okay, the rest of the team orbiting around the quarterback situation because we can't get that figured out the rest of the team is just not there. The rest of the team is just not clicking the way we want to. And all this is happening in season when we should have realized this in self-scouting better in the off season. Like once you like go ahead and game plan for your quarterback one, but like you have to know what you're doing at two because you have to expect the injuries. And so if your two can't replicate 
what your one is doing, then then this is what you're asking for. You're asking for, you know, losses to Buffalo and losses to Bowling Green when you should be really ahead of the division. I still think it's a possibility we could say it's easy to play hypotheticals. If Gabbert's playing, things are going really well for Miami right now. Sure. But if on quarterback two, you're worse than Bowling Green, that's on you. Yeah. And I, I expect Mo Linquist, I expect his team to be worse off when they go to quarterback two if that you know, if that were the situation, because it's his second year. Chuck Martin's in his what, ninth? Eighth or ninth? Been around, he's been around. I've been around. Woo! This is a good musical episode. And I don't say that about musicals. Anyway. Don't Buffalo. love Miami. Don't love Miami. Never loved Miami. Buffalo. If they beat a team they should have beat, it would be better than uh, Eastern did. They did. Hooray. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, I have no notes because I don't care about about that. The margin says you don't have to watch this game. You, whatever you expected happened exactly happened. So good for them. I'll add a fun uh, LJ Henderson for Buffalo, eighty-four yard touchdown or eighty-four yard uh, touchdown run. That was fun. Mm. And um, they're still running the ball well. Good mix of Cook and uh, Washington in the backfield. Snyder's actually been doing a little bit with his legs, which has been a nice little compliment. Mm-hmm. Snyder did throw two interceptions, but still being productive, still throwing it around to quite a few guys. They seem to have a good mix of who they can throw the ball around to. So, just overall, decent day. 15 tackles for loss for, for the Bulls. Patterson's still playing well at backer. You just hope it's not a wasted performance if you're a Buffalo fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I don't want to see UMass at this point of the year. I don't want to see them. <laughs> Ball State. Dude, that, that sucked. I didn't watch it, but that sucked to see. That that sucked. Paddock has uh, kind of kind of reverted in my eyes the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Ball, Ball State's winning. So we said Ball State's improving. Ball State's improving. Are they? Have they plateaued? Probably. Carson Steele hasn't. He's a he's a boss ass bitch, man. He is. <laughs> he is a boss. Giving t- Tyler Huntley vibes. Just running through dudes. Love it. Let's see what his stats are on the year. Let's see what he's looking like. 108, 108, 168 carries, 789 yards, 4.7 per carry. Uh, I'm pretty sure that leads uh, leads the Mac now because he was two, and Carson Evans, uh, or not Carson Evans, Samson Evans, uh, he had four yards yesterday. Happy birthday to Samson Evans, too. Not a good birthday present. No. What do we make of the Mac? Like, what Like, what do we make of, like, the West race? What do you make of the East race? Oh, we, don't, we didn't even get to Ohio Western. I'm so sorry. Normally when uh, when Justin's here, you two are, like, would I, I would assume you two would already be butting heads over wanting to talk about this, not wanting to talk about this game, and, uh, <laughs> and just joking back and forth. Mm-hmm. But Ohio Western, I mean... Are you impressed with what you saw, or are you impressed with how Ohio's doing this year? I watched very little, so I'm not going to say much about the game in particular, uh, but 
I will say that that's nice that that Ohio's found their back now after all the injuries at the beginning of the season. Sia Bengura has been really solid for them. And to have Curtis Rourke playing the way he has is a very nice surprise because we were at the end of last season or or I, we were early in last season or whatever, and it's like, is Curtis Rourke really the guy we want to be playing quarterback going forward? And now it's just like a very resounding, like, holy shit, he's he might end up being better than his brother. <laughs> right. Like, there's an there was the element of the feat that an all around offense that he that uh, Nathan was that makes it harder to say Curtis is gonna be better. But and there was like I think part of the hype and like the rumor in the streets um, was that Curtis would be the better passer and all this. Sure. And I I don't know I I never knew like to what level I should buy into that. Because I don't know, it's easy to say, but yeah, yeah, he's, but it's, he's it's easy to be like, it. it's it's easy to be like, he's not a running quarterback, so he's going to be the better ca- passing quarterback. It's like, well, not necessarily. Like, you don't know that's going to happen. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and and maybe I should have like gone the other way. Like, I should be more scared if the next quarterback in line is more of the runner. I'd be like, ooh, he's not a good passer, huh? <laughs> no, I, turns out if. Your quarterback's a good passer. That turns out it's a good thing. I don't know. Sources say. And efficiency-wise, he's got to be. I haven't looked in a hot second, but he's got to be up there efficiency-wise toward the top of the country. Mm-hmm. At least the top of the Mac. Let me look for you really quickly. Nationally, let's see. Nationally. As Alex looks that up, I mean, I've I've taken all my shots I can at Tim Albin, and and right now, Ohio is going to have a chance to make a Mac championship game. Uh, so. This website says uh, in yards per game because that's the first sorted column that just immediately popped up. Uh, former Buffalo quarterback Kyle Van Treese is number two in the Ooh. nation right now in passing yards per game. Uh, Curtis Work though is uh, number ten. Okay, seventy percent passing. Yeah, that is... that's that's the efficiency number I was looking at. Yeah, I'm like, oh, he's tied for fourteenth with one Hendon Hooker. So Curtis Work for Heisman. Mm. I was like, I was, I there was for a hot minute there. I was trying to think who is Vern Smith Leadership Award, who's Mac Offensive Player of the Year, and I, I'm kind of having to consider work for a hot second. I did not think we'd be in that position. Really, did not. Oh, you didn't listen to the last episode. Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, first team All Mac quarterback. That's what he's running away with right now. I mean, I'm more just talking about like a couple weeks ago. Like even after the hot start, I'm like, well, this is nice. Look at how good the offense. <laughs> right. Like, look no, how yeah. good the offense is doing. Because <laughs> well, like, look who they were playing. It was just like. You know, heart attack game against Fordham, heart attack game against FAU, and not a, not a great FAU. Like, you know, it's like the record was exactly what it should have been, but like to what level you should have bought in, it was still kind of up in the air at the time. So I don't blame you. Like it only, that's that's what the season's about. You learn more. You learn more as you go on. And then you're like, oh, oh man, I overreacted or underreacted. It's still, they're still not necessarily good. But they don't have to be to have a chance to win the East. They've got to have got to play some okay football and have some cards fall their way, fall their way. But so, I mean, look, I got to give him, I got to, I got to credit Alvin for having the offense going every single week now. And I don't know how I feel about the Western game because Western can't play offense. So they turned the ball over six times. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex posed this question, why, this better question for Justin, but why doesn't Western have another quarterback to go to? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, 
they they banked on the returning quarterback or not the returning quarterback but somebody that was in the system to be the QB1 going into the year. Okay, but what what are your other answers, you know? Like they have a guy who transferred from Alabama on the roster is he not good enough right now? I don't I don't know. It, wow. it, it seems like with more doors with the transfer portal specifically like opening up to, you know, reel in like some sort of recruits like the possibility like you have to be able to sell like winning a MAC championship here or like just winning a conference championship at all in your lifetime to like some graduate age student who wants to play quarterback at a D1 school like you have to be able to sell that better and for you to say like nope the only answer we have right now is for Jack Salopec to throw five interceptions against Ohio because this who does not have a, who does better. not have a good defense? Right, it's you, you got you got to have better answers than that, man. Well, uh, I'll come back and I'll reevaluate Ohio in a couple weeks because that's what you do with a team that's exceeding expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it for real or is it is it just kind of we're just kind of just just riding the hot hand? So well, I'll have a better answer in a couple of weeks, but uh, I'm pretty pretty okay with what's happening right now. Um, going forward, home versus NIU versus uh, Buffalo, big night action, right? So, um, and then at Miami, and then some winnable games. Honestly, there are winnable games going forward for them. It's they end the schedule with winnable games because they go at Miami, at Ball State, home versus BG. Those are I, I don't know, man. Like those last two have seemed pretty hard to me, honestly. Like Bowling Green, something about them just like seems suffocating. Something about it seems like this is gonna be like a 33-24 game where like some good things happen, but like Bowling Green did something to keep it close. Like I I don't know. That's that's a game I'm particularly like kind of looking out for. Uh but the Buffalo one too, especially. Like the Buffalo game, that's that's always a treat, especially I mean, the last couple of years. Yeah. But this year, they, it's, it's definitely going to be good. When Ohio and Buffalo play each other, it tends to be nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say – I don't expect Ohio to win the East. I think it's Buffalo's to lose. If Miami had Gabbert, it'd probably be Miami's to lose, but whatever. That's not the, that's not the reality. So Buffalo just has to not suck, right? Going forward, they've got uh, – who's who do they got next? It's – so it's at Ohio, winnable game for them. Ohio could pull it out. Who knows? Could be fun. At Central, home versus Akron. Then they've got Kent. Those, those are some very winnable football games. Oh, they got Toledo. I forgot about that. Oops. Yeah. Still, still, because even if they lose that game, they're still kind of in control, right? I mean, BG. If BG wins, holy shit, we're having an interesting conversation next week. But, but BG does play. Uh, at Central, which is winnable. it's a winnable game, or no, not set, not at Central at a, or yeah, no, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, at Central, still winnable, yeah. very winnable. Home against Western, winnable, winnable. <laughs> Kent State <laughs> might Kent State might fumble the ball ten times because Kent St- and Kent State will put up a thousand yards and fumble the ball ten times in route to a uh, I don't know a twenty one twenty eight loss. Oh my god, Toledo. Lost. 
Loeffler might save his job right now by winning the next <laughs> win, by winning the next three games, beating Central, <laughs> beating Western, beating Kent. Bowling Green's going to win the Michigan Mac, and <laughs> it's going to save his job. Oh my god! I peaked at like. So before we recorded, I peeked at some like remaining schedules for some teams, and Bowling Green was not one. And now I, damn it, I wish I was more prepared. Oh, this is gonna be really bad. <laughs> things, things Caleb says before going in to do his taxes. How it? Okay, look, I we, I need to remember the season that was for Bowling Green now before I move any further. You lose to UCLA. It was exciting for a second. Losing seven overtimes to Eastern Kentucky. You beat Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, what the hell, man? Marshall has not beaten an FBS team outside of Notre Dame. Um, Mississippi State, lose to them, fine. Beat Akron close, eh. Lose to Buffalo handily, and you beat Miami slightly. Because Miami doesn't have an offense. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have an offense, you don't want to play Bowling Green, unfortunately. BG's into that type of thing. That's weird. They're like, they're like we can get down with this. Mm-hmm. You know, like excited, and they're like, hey, I'm seeing 16 to 13 on the on the horizon, baby. Let's yeah, go. So, yeah, so maybe we're looking at three. God, man, we're looking at like two and a half wins. I don't know what to make of Kent State. We're looking at two and a half wins through the first three games, and then, yeah. Maybe two losses, especially on the road with Toledo and offense. And if they can just keep playing offense, then it'll be off the rails for Bowling Green. Man, I don't want Scott Loeffler to save his job. That's terrible. <laughs> Who's his quarterback going to be? Are they going to like have like Matt McDonald stick around and be like, is he going to do the um, the one thing that South Carolina did last year where one of their coaches uh, wasn't expecting to suit up and play quarterback, but there they were at the season opener doing that? Like that's gonna be Matt McDonald. He's gonna no, he's gonna be a GA next year. He's just no. I'm not even gonna to try to go pro. Just go straight to coaching. I'm gonna you know coach with my guy Scott Lawler. He's always been there for me. I'll always be there for him. Hey, I'm gonna play again. No, it's gonna it's gonna be a Chad Power situation. <laughs> Who's this guy with the stash? He looks like he's got arthritis already. Matt McDonald probably has arthritis. Uh, Toledo, Kent State. You know. Forgot about that. Thank you for highlighting that in the notes. Toledo, Kent State. Look, Kent State got up 21 nothing, and then Toledo won by... 21. 21. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. As if to make a point. Yeah. Just like, no, you're not that good, Kent State. Toledo, we are that good. That is insane. That's, re- that's really good by Toledo. Just no notes. That's it. No notes. Uh, Daquan Finn, though, I know you want to. You, you probably want to mention how good Daquan Finn is, right? Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into it in the uh, in the top three thing at the end. Okay. Well, if that's if that, I mean, if that's it for these games, I mean, is there anything about week eight, week eight that we got to look out for, or should we just jump into the uh, top three, bottom three to close this thing up? Yeah, let's go top three, bottom three. All let's right, just... good. You got to go to brunch. All right, Caleb. Yeah, we're gonna we're starting with you then. Okay, well, mine my, my came to mind pretty quickly, and Daquan Finn was the one that pops up in my mind because just as we were talking about Curtis Rourke a second ago, I'm like, wait, is Daquan Finn in line for some hardware, like offensive player hardware at the end of the season? If he's just – if going forward, Toledo's just scoring 40, 50 points a game, 
and Finn is throwing four or five touchdowns every other week, dude might be in line for, you know, some nice little recognition at the end. And which is crazy to think that I, I totally did not expect this for him either. Uh, Finn is not like at the top of the Mac in passing yards, right? He's at like 1400 and he's, he is, however, leading the Mac in touchdowns, passing touchdowns. His ratings pretty good. I'm just kind of looking at those generic stats like Toledo again, spreading the ball around. Uh, there's Juan Je- uh, Johnson uh, having a really good season. Had a really good week la- this last week, and Toledo just you know they're what are they averaging? They're averaging like 44 points a game, 30, 45 points a game in MAC play. This is what we expected of Toledo in years past. So now that they've kind of figured it out again, 38 and a half points per game. Sorry. What? Wait, what game? What game, what game? What game am I forgetting? I don't know. I don't know. They scored fifty-two twice, and then they scored a uh... San Diego State. Oh, no, I'm talking about the Mac. Mac. Play. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. Um, they're scoring like six touchdowns, seven touchdowns in like every Mac game. So that's good because nobody else is doing that shit. Um, Ohio's the only one that's really trying, and Finn just has become super reliable. That did not feel like that would be the case at any point last year. I think you were a bigger supporter touter of what Finn could do than I was because I'm just like, dude, this guy sucks. Yeah, but he's from Detroit. Oh, but he's from Detroit. Look, he he was good last year. I don't know what to tell you. Eh. Maybe it was easy to overshadow it because 18 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, that's a smart brain up there. I mean, it didn't make much of a difference when Toledo sucked overall. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, Finn has uh, been really, really nice for them. Toledo's got his shit figured out. Good for them. Next one, NIU defense. I know <laughs> we, we, we placed a lot of uh, critiques on uh, EMU, deservedly so. But NIU had one of its best defensive games of the last, like, five years, ever since Carey left. And it sure as hell has not been their identity in that time. So I'm sure they're looking at this like, hey, how do we replicate what we did today? But I just don't know that you can replicate it in the same way against a lot of the other MAC teams like you would against EMU. So good for NIU's defense. It's a nice little stepping stone to say, hey, hey, we got to turn it into high gear. We can possibly make the championship game. We just got to – oh, we only got to win out, right? So defense has to play a lot better in the time going forward. And then finally, got to hop on the Ohio thing here. Sam Wiggler's. Uh, was an Ohio State transfer coming into this year, graduate transfer type of guy who really only played like on special teams, maybe got in for like a player two in an absolute crap show, crap shoot of a game. And dude is like, how many, I think he's probably towards the top five in the Mac in receiving, like in, in like uh, either uh, in receptions is what I'm getting at. Um, he is third in tied, the Mac. Tied for second. Third in receptions, and then he has five touchdowns. He had a big touchdown against uh, Kent State that I thought was going to make the difference. It didn't, but like he's making big plays. He's a possession receiver too. He's catching a lot of short passes. A lot of the time, you look at the box score and it's like eight catches for seventy six yards, stuff like that. But dude never had any type of productive role in college because he was at Ohio State. Now he's at Ohio, and he tends to be the leading receiver, second leading receiver, like every week. So I think it's really cool that he's kind of found that role 
in his what's going to almost definitely be his final year of football. Maybe he has another year and he wants to play more. I don't really know, but um, he's a Cleveland area native. I think he's like Brexville, uh, Brexville somewhere in the over there. And so just, it's been a nice little surprise and cool that it just happened to some guy who forsaked Ohio state. Love that for him. He's tied for second in the Mac uh, with 44 total catches tied with uh, Dante Cephas. Right behind Jason Jackson. I, I got to say that with Cephas, uh, both Cephas and Devontae Walker, on another note, have been really good. I think or I think at one point in the year, I'm like, look, Walker's better. Walker's just better. And then after that Ohio game, I'm like, wow, I feel I kind of feel like an ass. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just they're, they're stats. Yeah, yeah. Cephas just it's like the the the, the professional caliber type explosive plays that I'm like, okay, wow, mm-hmm. damn. Cephas is bigger, right? Yeah. Uh, also, I think you only like this receiver. Yeah, he's doing fine, right? You know, he's having a lot of yards, five touchdown catches. That's pretty good too. That's that's up there in the MAC tie for second as well. But his last name is also like the same as your cat. So, <laughs> Wiggles, Wiggles. No, oh, you know what? No, uh, Walker is bigger. Whatever. Anyway, but yeah, Wiggles, 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 Wiggies, Wiggles. Yeah. Uh, normally I go kind of a little bit off the rails with my top three, bottom three or whatever, but this is going to be a little bit more like kind of closer to the, uh, the Justin Caleb brand of side of things, um, where I kind of take things a little bit seriously. Um, the quarterbacking, I just want to say overall for the quarterbacking of the Mac, I don't have hard stats to like point out the differences and say like, you know, you know, I'm comparing this to that and like, it's this much better, this much worse. The quarterbacking in the Mac this year sucks. It sucks. It's just not good. There's only a couple good quarterbacks. Curtis Rourke's pretty good, right? Um, Daquan Finn, he's doing good. And, of course, some injuries have happened, right? And that's had some, like, some things to do with it. But the quarterbacking, by and large, across the Mac, it doesn't matter if it's been done with your one. It doesn't matter if you're doing work with your twos. The quarterbacking in the MAC has been very, very bad. Kent State passing as a team, nine touchdowns, six interceptions. Akron with Joe Moorhead, I don't care if it's year one, seven touchdowns, three interceptions passing. Miami, yes, it's with Avion Smith, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Western Michigan, 11 interceptions, we're going to go reverse, 11 interceptions, 8 touchdowns for them. Things have not been good. NIU, 13 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. It's just, and like, the problems for all these teams, sometimes a quarterback will have a good week. Sometimes these quarterbacks, even in their okay weeks, like Curtis Rourke, like he just didn't have a score, like had some yards, but didn't have a score. Like these, you, lo- you love to have good passing in the Mac, and that's what makes Maction great sometimes. It's just not there this year. It's just really not there. So uh, hopefully you love some uh, some power running and distracting yourself from watching, you know, other good football games that are on TV, you know? Maybe uh, Tennessee Bama's on, and you, you know, would rather see some, some power running instead out of Harrison Whaley and Ontario Brown. If that's more of your speed, then keep watching Maction. Um, but you're not going to. You're not going to see good quarterbacking in the MAC this year because you just haven't yet. Uh, number two, the Ohio Buffalo game is in two weeks, and we kind of hit on that. 
Um, I just want to say briefly that this game almost almost always goes down to whoever has the home field advantage. And who would we say has the home field advantage this time, Caleb? Ohio does. So that's good news for you. Yeah. Uh, and the third, I already said it, it's just that maybe Central's just better off without Lou Nichols running the ball. No. And boom goes the dynamite. 